Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2020 is brought to you by the organizational team, Anne, Cole, Tess, and Theron. A very special thank you to all of our participants, without whom this event wouldn't be possible. And now, on to the episode. I sure hope those good people who saved me know what they're doing. They shouldn't have any trouble tracking through the snow. Now that isn't something that should be around in the middle of summer. You think it's connected somehow to kidnapping of the noblewoman? You never know. Baba Yaga is back in Irisin. That means anything is possible. Well, if a wise woman, a mercenary, and two giant rats can rescue a noble whose entire caravan was overrun and killed, I'll agree. Anything is possible. Especially here. On the the Dimension Dimension Door Door Podcast. I'll be honest, it felt like I kind of walked into something personal again. Um, but yeah, you all have a good rest of your day. He said that like five times. <laughs> and Gibbs has confirmed it. Like five times. Prison Pals is an all-ages actual play podcast utilizing the Quest RPG system. Our cast consists of five LGBTQ plus individuals who are proud to tell a diverse and inclusive story. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this year's IPM. Uh, we are currently playing Quest. I am Russ, the guide for this game. I use they, them pronouns, and I come representing the Prison Pals podcast. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Russ Wildest. I have three lovely players here with me tonight who have made some great characters, so let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. Cool. Um, hi, I'm Maddie Searle. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm currently recording from Edinburgh. And I am the creator of the Prickwillow Papers podcast, which is a comedy fantasy audio drama about half-elves and fae and all that, all that good stuff. I am also playing Curio, and her pronouns are she, her. Hi, I am Elizabeth. I am a member of the Dimension Door podcast. I go by she, her pronouns. You can find me online at LizWilcox79 on Twitter. I am playing Briar, who also goes by she, her pronouns. Hi, everyone. I'm Vincent. I am... I completely forgot how words work because that's what my brain does under situations like this. <laughs> I come from the Heroes in Progress podcast where I surprisingly play the DM who is supposed to be good at words. Um, you can find all the information for that at heroesinprogresspodcast.com. All the socials, all that good stuff is there. Otherwise, I am here to play T, who uses they, them pronouns. All right. So we have a fun little fantasy romp here. So let's go ahead and get started. You all have been hunting the Riding Wraith for months. They've been causing chaos everywhere. Making books come to life, making words come to life, creating monsters from them with their magic. It has been chaos, disastrous, but also ridiculous. Because the Riding Wraith seems to favor a lot of the fairy tales of your world. Finally... You got them pinned down. You've trapped them. You know exactly what you need to do. And as the three of you enter into this trap that you have laid, you yourselves fall into another trap. You don't see it as it happens. 
as the riding wraith throws the storybook to the ground and the tornado of rainbow light begins to pull all three of you into the storybook. And we watch as that tornado disappears into the book. It closes. The riding wraith picks it up and leaves the trap that you have set for them. You three find yourselves somewhere at night. It's dark. It's kind of painful right now. You all kind of took a tumble. Although, everybody please roll me a d20. Let's see how you took the tumble. First roll and Briar has a seven. Solid start. (laughs) Seven isn't bad. Uh, It's still a success, but I'm going to give you a hard choice in a moment. Uh, Vincent and Maddie, what do y'all get? Mine was a 13. Same here. Okay, successes. So, Briar, it's time for your hard choice. (laughs) As you're falling, you can either land on one of your companions or land by yourself. I'm imagining the forms of my companions and i cannot help but remember that t has some some horns that could hurt if i landed wrong no that's curio sorry curio curio has the horns t is kind of like a younger sibling though and i wouldn't want to crush my adoptive younger mentee so and that's fun to say, T my mentee. So <laughs> Briar makes the difficult decision of landing on her own, which is her, mm-hmm. her least favorite way to be on her own, but she really can't afford to crush anybody right away. <laughs> so Briar, you fall to the ground, uh and you hit the ground hard. You're Oof. not too far away from your companions, but you're gonna take one damage. So the four of you the three of you, sorry, not four of you. Uh, fourth would be me. Um, the three of you look around this area, and you find yourselves in a forest of some sorts. It is incredibly dark here, um, but you can just vaguely see the shapes of trees. And you've never really seen this power from the Riding Wraith before. Most of the time, they pull things from storybooks... You've never seen them pull people into storybooks. So if this is something that just happened, you must have had the writing wraith scared. That being said, you're not sure what storybook this is, what stories it needs to be told, or how to get out. The three of you can see each other, you can interact with one another, you can explore the forest. There are many, many things you can do here. So I give the ball over to you all. I think the first thing T would do is just kind of fuss over their teammates, which is slightly ironic given T being the youngest member, but that's kind of T's upbringing. It's just kind of like, is everyone okay? Did, did you did you land weirdly? Oh, uh, some something broke my fall. It it might have been my spine but it it's all right it's all right t it's all it's all right curio are you both are you both all right it's it's awfully dark can you see all i know is there are trees 
I'm absolutely fine. I just probably chipped a nail or something, but that's easily fixed. I'm I'm totally fine. Briar, when you say that you crushed something and it might have been your spine, you check the spot where you landed and you notice something strange. There is sort of an imprint on the ground that's smaller than yours. There's nothing there except for a little wand with a blue star on it. And a pair of glass slippers. Not not to alarm any of you, but I I seem to have landed on something. I hope it wasn't at any point someone. Slippers and a wand. Oh my gosh, is your spine turned into slippers and a wand? I didn't know the writing wraith could do that. I I the they're doing a lot of things that I didn't know they could do, but here let let me help everybody see things a little bit more clearly in the dark. And this is probably something Briar has done a number of times while we've all been traveling together. She just kind of clears her throat and starts to purr like a cat. And as the sound of her soft little feline purr washes over you, you start to feel a little cat-like yourself. And she is using Wild Aspect, one of her naturalist abilities. And now nearby creatures, which would include my fellow companions, can see things in complete darkness as though they were in a dimly lit room. This doesn't pierce magical darkness. And you may occasionally feel the urge to stop what you're doing and clean yourself. A little bit (laughs) cat-like. So, <laughs> you'll feel a little bit more feline than you did a moment before, but perhaps you can see these glass slippers and that that wand with its blue star a little bit better. <laughs> so, make sure you cross off any adventure points, because these abilities do cost adventure points. You will get points back, because you solve more puzzles. Uh, you all look around the clearing now with better sight. And you can clearly see the trees very well, but you also notice something else. Around the edges of this clearing, there is almost this rainbow-colored wall, except in one place, uh, where it seems to go through the trees to some sort of other path. You don't really know why it's there, but you do see that. In addition, you do see these glass slippers and the blue wand, but they're both very tiny. Um, Same with that impression. It's almost like it might have been someone about the size of a fairy, possibly, or like a pixie, that kind of thing in these storybooks, who must have gotten crushed by accident and poofed or something. Um, it's unclear, but they have left two pieces of themselves behind, very tiny shoes that would fit none of you, and a blue-starred wand. Oh, oh, Curio T, do you think, do you think maybe I crushed, crushed a pixie? A lot of signs are pointing to yeah. And, and Briar is just grabbing her braids, and and this is something she does when she's stressed. She's just kind of yanking on her own messy braids and says, uh, should we should we take the, the shoes or the, the wand? They're very small. How about I 
no, I'll just, I will, I will collect them. We may be able to find their owner who's probably not squished. And Briar, looking not very optimistic about what she said, gently picks up the tiny shoes in the in one hand and the wand in another and, and just kind of looks at them and feels a little uncomfortable. Do either of you enjoy small, possibly magical objects? I mean, I have a variety of trinkets that I enjoy collecting and uh, obtaining by various means, so I would be happy to take them off your hands if you're not comfortable holding them, but... I'm happy either way, just whatever you prefer. I mean, they're, they're my burden to bear, I suppose. But if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't mind holding on to them, I'm not, I'm not one for magical objects, usually. I assume they might be magical wands, right? Usually? That, that's a magic thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm not particularly magical myself. I do have one magical item on my person, but in general, I'm, I'm more of a mundane means type person. I think perhaps we all are. Well, I, I consider nature mundane, and, and Briar just kind of licks her hand in a very feline gesture, <laughs> probably. <laughs> That's super mundane, very normal na- nature magic happening. Completely ordinary in all in all, all possible ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, T poses and uh, nyans. And just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, this has been pretty standard fare for the past couple months, right? So um, I don't know much about magic, but if this belongs to someone, we should probably find them, right? Yes, yes. Let's, it looks as though there's only the one path. So, down down the path we go, everyone? Yeah, sounds good to me. T gives you both two thumbs up. The three of you head down the path, making your way further into the forest or out of the forest. It's unclear. This place is very strange. It's almost like there are certain areas that aren't defined here, as depicted by this rainbow wall. But the areas that do exist are vivid and detailed, um, you can smell the forest around you. You can hear the crunching of leaves. And as you begin to move through the forest, away from this area you were in, you find yourselves in an open area, sort of like a clearing of sorts. And in the middle of this clearing, you find a enormous tree. Giant, beautiful, with these little glowing with these little lightning bugs flying around it. There are beautiful vines hanging down from the tree. As you approach from the side you're on, I'd like all three of you to roll me a d20. Uh, There won't be any negative effects from this one, it's just to see whether you notice it or something or not. Briar got a 19. Okay, fantastic. 11. 17. 11 and 17, that's a success for everybody. As you approach from the side of this tree, you notice that the rainbow wall continues and moves past this tree. But as you get closer and closer to this beautiful scene, you begin to hear what sounds like crying of some sort. T's heart breaks. (laughs) No! (laughs) 
<laughs> God, I'm crying. <laughs> um, T looks to the other teammates and then just, it's like, despite the cat-like nature, it's puppy dog eyes. <laughs> T has done this to you multiple times. Like any time anyone is in peril or seems to be down on their luck or just needs a hand, T is like, we can, we can, yeah, we can stop to help them, right? But in this case, T's like, ooh, uh, we have stuff. Person's crying. Maybe it's their stuff. We should go say hi. I'm sure it went in poorly. You make good points, T, but please remember, not everyone who cries is actually in trouble. The writing wraith has fooled us this way time and time again. I think they've started to know you a little bit. So, uh, let's be careful. And also, this is a magnificent tree. Have you seen this tree? And Briar is just walking over and staring up at the tree. Is the crying coming from... Does it seem like it might be up in the tree? Briar secretly hopes. Or is it just in the general <laughs> vicinity? You think that the crying's actually coming from the other side of the tree. Oh. As uh, Briar's inspecting this tree, tree, T leans over to Curio and says uh, quite offhandedly, yeah, so the rendering distance doesn't seem that great, but like, my gosh, is it like kind of fantastic for what we're getting here? <laughs> Pretty impressive. I can smell the damp. Yeah, there's lots of, lots of pixels in this tree. And, <laughs> but I do think it would be it would be better if there was like a restaurant or a cafe so you could just like eat cake while looking at the tree because I think just a tree on its own is a bit boring. Oh, did you did, were you hungry? I mean, I'm sure I could grab like some gingerbread from Briar's pack <laughs> or something. I mean, I wouldn't say no. I think that would be quite nice. <laughs> T's going to make make their way over to Briar. <laughs> <laughs> Briar's so used to you grabbing sweets from her bag that it she just kind of gives you a vague yes of course gesture and is now just gently laying hands on the tree and and running them over the bark just just getting to know the tree a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if I should make you roll to get to know the tree or anything. So I'm just unless you have an ability to activate there, we're gonna leave that not, there. Not yet. She's just she's just enjoying her time with such a magnificent specimen of a tree. So you were in this clearing, the tree is there, Briar is getting to know a tree, um, and there's crying from the other side, and you can all hear it now, and you all know it's just coming from the other side of this tree, which is quite large, the trunk. T gives you all puppy dog eyes, like, they want to check out the crying, but they're heeding Briar's warning very, very much. As long as we go together, let's just not split up, T. And Briar re reaches a hand out to to offer to take T's hand and reaches another hand out for Curio and says, "Come on, let's let's do this together." <laughs> Curio sort of looks a bit weary and like, "Oh, not this again!" But still takes Briar's hand. T's already holding Briar's hand. Let's face it; like <laughs> <laughs> the three of you walk around the tree, and what you see at the bottom of this tree 
down by the roots, you can now see that there's almost this water feature flowing from the roots of the tree and laying on a sort of grassy platform in the middle of this beautiful natural-esque scene is a grizzly bear that is crying. And you hear the tears falling uh, and the sobs coming from this grizzly bear. They seem quite sad, uh, as you all can tell. They don't even seem to notice that you're all there. It's a, it's a sad bear. And, and Briar just sounds heartbroken and squeezes <laughs> T's hand. Are you saying this loudly or quietly? Oh, quite loudly. <laughs> okay. Uh, as, as you say, it's a sad bear. Uh, there's a moment where the bear kind of pauses and, like, wipes away its tears with its paws, and it looks up at you and says, Who are you? What are you doing here? Oh. Oh, I'm Briar. I'm T! Hi! I'm Curio, and I don't think we're meant to be here, but we're here anyway, so hi! Oh, hello. Oh, I came here because I was so sad. You see, my name is Cinderella, and, well, I'm cursed, and I can't go to the ball tonight. I was hoping that maybe my fairy godparent would show up, but they never did. <laughs> did, did the fairy godparent happen to have some very nice wand and... Perhaps some shoes? I mean, a lot of people have shoes, but you know what I mean. That's how they were always described to me in the books and the stories that my mother used to tell me before she passed. What, if I may ask, Cinderella, what what were you hoping your your fairy godmother might be able to do for you here? Well, there's a ball tonight, and I was hoping to go to the ball and... Maybe find my true love and break this curse. You see, every night I'm turned into a bear. And until I find my true love, I cannot take true love's form. Do you mean to say you don't enjoy being a bear? <laughs> Does Briar just look super confused at the idea of someone just getting to turn into a bear and not enjoying it? <laughs> I mean to say that... I do enjoy being a bear, it's quite nice, but it's hard to fit in with normal society when you are consistently turning into a bear. That's fair, I suppose. Uh, wh when is this ball? Well, it's tonight. It's at the prince's castle. And I suppose the prince isn't a bear. Not as far as I know. Oh, hmm, well. Does anyone here know how to use... A fairy wand. And Briar just kind of whispers to, to Gario and T. Uh, can we... Can we... God godmother this bear? I don't think I can fit into the shoes. But, I mean... If you need me to wave around a wand, I used to wave around sticks with the kids at the commune, so that shouldn't be too hard. I can do that part. I mean, do, is that all it takes, do you think? Do we just wave it? I think you have to believe in it as well. I think there's something about believing in magic. 
in a young girl's heart, and it's supposed to help, yeah. I feel, I feel okay. as though I haven't been a young girl in some time. T, would you mind giving it a go? You always seem to believe in things quite strongly. And how? And T, like, <laughs> reaches for the, uh... Reaches for the wand wherever it may be on a uh, Briar's person. Curio, how are you reacting to all of this? <laughs> I'm just, I'm sort of dumbstruck. I'm, I can't really find the words for what is even happening, and I just sort of, I think I have the wand in the shoes at this point, so I'm just going to reach into my bag and just kind of hold them out wordlessly, <laughs> just kind of going, what? <laughs> Could these tiny shoes perhaps fit on the fingers of T and just kind of like vaguely gesticulate with their uh, fingers in their hand, vaguely making a walking motion with the wand pinched between their thumb and their and their hand like a tiny godmother, but it's a hand. Uh, in fact, yes, it oh, would. <laughs> it would fit. It's not comfortable for your fingers, <laughs> but it fits. Anything for a young girl's love. <laughs> <laughs> to get her to the ball. As soon as you put your fingers into the glass slippers and hold the wand, Cinderella looks at you and says, You must be my fairy godparents. And I have three wonderful fairy godparents. Oh, this is so magical. And then you wave the wand. And I believe. <laughs> I believe so much. <laughs> Vincent, I need to ask you, what are you trying to do here? Okay, so T has learned three key things here. Cinderella doesn't want to be a bear for the ball, uh, has to be ready to go to a ball, and wants to meet her love tonight. So T is just going to think really hard at this wand and hope that the magic kind of interprets that will, just that will of, we're gonna have her appear as she wants, have her in the nicest dress that she wants, have a way to get her there, because I don't know where it is. Yes! And it's just gonna believe in it so much, and just hope. <laughs> okay, go ahead and roll me a d20. Ooh, that is a 12. Fantastic. I will say this works a little differently because it's not something you're used to. No. <laughs> but it's not a downright failure. So congrats. Yay. <laughs> T holds up the little blue wand in like the crook of their fingers and waves it about. <laughs> and what ends up happening is that the blue star glows for a moment. And then from each of the points of the five pointed star, a little spark flies out and one of them swirls around cinderella who currently is just a bear not wearing any outfit or anything and as it goes around cinderella you notice this beautiful luscious gown appear on cinderella and she stands up on two legs and you now see that her giant bear paws have bear-sized heels underneath them. Um, and is in this beautiful ball gown. The other thing that happens is that one of the other sparks... Actually, it'd be three of the other sparks fly out and surround these lightning bugs that are flying around. 
and they begin to transform and turn into giant swans. Giant white swans with enormous wings. And the last thing that happens is that the final spark falls to the ground and strikes the grass. And as that happens, the grass begins to grow and twist and transform to this wagon made of plant life with beautiful flowers sprouting all over it and an almost wooden driver for this new cart with three swans, giant swans, to drive it. And Cinderella looks at you all and says, This is perfect! I can go to the ball like this! Oh, this will be excellent! Now all I have to do is disguise myself and avoid my stepmother and my evil stepsisters. That's their legal name. (laughs) There's a whole family aspect I wasn't prepared for, but I see no problems with this picture otherwise. I've never put a bear in a dress, but now that I see it, you look very lovely. I've always wanted to wear a dress. I really recommend it. And then T just starts spinning around in their skirt and they're just really (laughs) vibing, like super vibing right now. So will you all, will you three be coming with me to help just in case? Uh, I, I honestly don't know where else we might go. We're, we're kind of stuck at the moment. One question. You mentioned disguising yourself so your family doesn't recognize you. Mm-hmm. Who are your family? And are they in this, and Briar gestures at the kind of rainbow-encompassed world, this space? Yes, they, they, they went to the ball. They told me I wasn't allowed to go because I'm a bear. Oh, well, that's just wrong. And Briar looks very indignant. And I mean, if you need help with disguising, that happens to be one of my specialties, so... I could give you a hand if you told me what kind of personage you wanted to be disguised as. I could help. Is there a role or anything for this? Or do you have an ability that helps with this? Um, so I have some abilities that involve kind of making a persona for myself. But I don't know if those kind of skills could be applied to creating a persona for someone else. I think that in this specific case, since we're in a storybook, absolutely. Um, so if you want to help Cinderella make a disguise, you just have to tell me what the ability does that you'd like to use, and we'll go from there. Okay, so my persona ability, um, I can carefully prepare a convincing a convincing alternate identity, and it can't be of an existing person. So it has a wardrobe, credentials, and a backstory. So we've already got the wardrobe, so we need the credentials and the backstory. Um, and I can create and describe each element of the persona. So for two adventure points, I can create a persona of a common person of average means, four points for an officer, like a politician or a judge or something like that. And for six, it's an aristocrat, a prominent socialite, or a wealthy business owner, something along those lines. So I could really go all out and make Cinderella like super fancy and like top nobility. So I think I'm probably going to do that if that's all right. 
Cinderella kind of looks at you and says, Well, I don't really want to be fancy fancy nobility. I'm actually quite happy with who I am. It's just that I can't go to the ball if I'm a bear, according to my stepmother. I'm okay just experiencing the ball. I'm sure that if someone was to love me, they'd love me for me. T clutches their heart like, oh, yeah. Preach it. Yes, you're so right. (laughs) The one thing that I would like, and then she leans into you and whispers into your ear something, and I want you, Curio, to tell me what the wig you've given... (laughs) You've given Cinderella looks like it uh, is like a curly powdered wig, like an 18th century type. It's really, really tall with a bow on the top. Okay, fantastic. So you spend a few minutes putting that together, and we cut back, and Cinderella is now a bear wearing a really tall powdered wig. Cinderella looks you on and says, "Well, I guess we're off then. Come on, let's go!" and begins to run towards the carriage which is the beautiful plant carriage. Well, this is the most amazing carriage I personally have ever seen. So I say we 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 might as well go with Cinderella, right? There's there's sh- yes. No. That bear cannot go alone. She's too innocent and Briar just kind of steals her spine and marches over and and climbs into the carriage. As you approach the carriage, you begin to realize that Cinderella is quite the big bear, and there's not really any room in the carriage. Second thoughts, everyone. Uh, This might be a one bear kind of carriage situation. Does it look like Cinderella will fit in the carriage, or that it's too small for her? Cinderella's already in the carriage and is chilling. Well, uh... Slight, slight concern, everyone. Not, no judgment on us, but we're too big for this particular situation. I could be smaller. Technically, I could, I could fly. I could be one of those swans, but I, I don't know that that helps everyone else. Are the swans rideable? Could we ride the swans? That is possible. I'm gonna just hop on a swan and see, see what happens. <laughs> okay. You hop on a swan, roll me a d20. Okay. Um, I believe that is a natural one. (laughs) Okay, so this is a catastrophe. Something goes (laughs) really poorly. So, this swan, you jump onto its back, and instantaneously, it turns around and starts to hiss at you. And as you are sitting there, it goes to bite you, It barely misses as you dodge out of the way, but what it does is it snaps the reins on itself and runs forward, knocking you off of it, and jumps into the air and flies away. Your carriage is now down one giant swan. Uh, Curio. Yes? I believe this, this is going poorly. Uh... As I always say, it is polite to ask an animal permission first. I Uh. hereby give you both my free consent. Once I am a giant swan in a moment here, uh, you can rein me 
to the carriage and feel free to to climb aboard if if you will and briar uh starts envisioning herself as a large swan she's never imagined swans could be quite as big as these are but she's she could she's been a horse before this can't be that much different she thinks to herself a horse-sized swan so so she she thinks about it really hard and she uses her animal form ability and she can't speak while she's in animal form but she and everything she carries just transforms into this large white swan and she looks okay. very expectantly towards T and Curio. Does it look like we would both be able to fit on the back of our friend here? Because my only other thinking was possibly acting as a second driver if there was enough room there for one of us. You think that most likely you could both fit on the swan? Uh, fit on Briar? Uh, shouldn't be an issue. Especially okay. since Briar's a little bigger than the other two swans, for whatever reason. Uh, you think it might be Briar's nature magic, probably. But yeah, you two could easily fit on Briar and make it to the the ball. Neato. Uh, T's gonna, T's gonna uh, politely, though very awkwardly as well, just, just kind of figure out how you're supposed to, in fact, get on a swan. And rain them. <laughs> yes. And Curio is going to haughtily get on trying to pretend that none of the past five minutes happened. <laughs> it's okay, Curio. We still love you. <laughs> so it takes a few minutes, but you end up getting Briar saddled up and you end up hopping on. Cinderella peeks out the window with her giant bear head and says, Are we ready to go then? It's like a sideways because they have to push their wig through first and then they can adjust their head. So Cinderella says, Are we ready then? Yes, I think so. I think we should just head on up. Fantastic. And she pulls herself back into the carriage <laughs> with her enormous wig and the little plant driver takes the reins yas and the three swans one being briar begin to run forward extend their wings and then fly uh and the carriage flies up with them up and out of the forest as the three of you are going through the air traveling through the clouds i have a question for the three of you you have been chasing the Writing Wraith for a while. You know the Writing Wraith use storybooks. You know their MO, that kind of stuff. Have any of you done any research on storybooks or like reading different tales to try and see and prepare for what the Writing Wraith might have thrown at you? Or were you all kind of just like, we're too busy to do that because Writing Wraith keeps doing all of this nonsense? I think Curio's probably been too busy just sort of thinking about the next trinket she's going to finagle. So I think she's probably just just sort of blithely thinking about the canapes that are going to be at the ball. I would imagine T certainly recalls a lot of the fairy tales that uh, their caravan used to share 
with each other, but hasn't done any hard reading, has just done the whole, like, you know, when you're very young and just sort of freshly new to adventuring and you're not super aware of the fact that people would have different stories that they would tell their own kids and it's all kind of a little culturally based, T would just kind of naively be like, well, yeah, I had these stories, so clearly that's what the writing rates you've been using and that has totally not worked out and T just hasn't learned their lesson yet. So I think there's like a degree of awareness, but still a lot of naivety there. Probably not very forward thinking. Briar isn't big into books. She's She is big into to storytelling, though. Unfortunately, her favorite people or objects to tell stories to are large stone edifices and plants uh she she'll tell a mountain a good story in exchange tales anytime but those don't tend to be the same kinds of stories that you'd find in storybooks so for her if if maybe her local village people had a tale that she would have encountered that would be a tale she knows but yeah, she's she's literate. She just thinks that there are better uses for trees than to be books. So she never really got into that. So from what I'm hearing, it sounds like the only person who might have any idea what this story is, is T. So T, if you would like to roll me a d20 to see how much of the story you might remember. Which you might not remember the right story because of the fact that you don't know all of them. So what'd you roll? That's a seven. That's a tough choice. T. Yes. I will give you some information on this story and how it goes. But you have to make a hard choice here. So I can give you two pieces of information. You have to pick between the two. I can either give you how the story ends. Or I can give you what to be aware of at the ball. I will tell you that both of these are valuable information because from what you know so far, you can't leave this storybook until the story ends. Yeah. I also think T's kind of the very romantic TM era type, like loves the big swell, loves the big happy ending, like that's just very much part of who they are. So I think of any part of the story, T would remember the end and then would just kind of be like, and then they and then they got to the end like i think if anything t would remember the end over anything else what happens at the end of the story is that cinderella meets their true love and when the clock strikes midnight the spell that was casted by the fairy godparent disappears and they kiss their true love and they live happily ever after so you know that by midnight, Cinderella has to be with their true love. And they have to kiss their true love. Like, it has <laughs> to happen. Otherwise, something's going to go wrong here. Mm. Um, that's the important bit that you would remember. Yep. Um, all the details of, like, what happens, how they live happily ever after, what happens with the curse, that kind of stuff, you don't really remember. But, like, the big picture stuff you know. Mm. The big set piece. That's that's mm -hmm. T's jam, like, for sure. <laughs> and the moment you realize it is because you begin to descend and you see this enormous, beautiful palace. But the one thing that you see is that on one corner of the palace, instead of the tall tower 
raised up to watch over the side, it is a clock tower. And you hear the sound of it striking 11. And that is what jogs that memory for you. Oh, I love that. That's very that's very good storytelling, Guy, and I really loved that. <laughs> Thank you. So, the three of you begin to descend and land outside the palace. And the guards outside, who are nameless and faceless, sort of surprised. Uh, and Cinderella clambers out of the carriage, stands up looking gorgeous, and begins to walk up the stairs, kind of waving you all behind them. I assume you follow, unless one of you wants to hang outside and just kind of chill. <laughs> um, Briar uh, turns back into a human mm. and kind of shakes the reins off and says, That was a fabulous flight. Uh, what are we doing, though? Uh, I'm, let me let me get my swan brain out of here. and uh, we're, we're at a ball, yes, right? A ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. And um, T is going to reiterate the ending of the story and just kind of the that's where we're headed. But kind of totally just gives you the blankest expression possible. If you ever ask, okay, so how does that happen? It's just nothing's there. It's just static. Right. That said, player to player, um, I had the theory that maybe to throw off the stepmother, maybe we could have Briar turn into a bear so there's two <laughs> bears at this ball. <laughs> but that was the only plan I had. <laughs> uh, the, I mean, I, I do not object to this plan. Uh, only downside is that one of the bears will not be able to talk and also will not have a pretty dress. Unless he thinks that they can fix that particular issue and, and also dress, dress up. <laughs> it was either that or unless Curio's um, persona abilities was just that good. <laughs> Curio just whips up a fursuit in less than 10 seconds and is like, all right, let's go. I don't know. <laughs> well, the way I see it, I believe that we have identified two problems that we need to address. And the first is run interference and keep the step family from interfering. The second is make sure that Cinderella meets her true love and that they... Get their smooch on, if you will. So, I say, first part, make sure Cinderella gets in okay. Second part, find out who that family is? Who who are the... I mean, maybe if I turn into a bear and then just stand prominently around, they'll approach me to, to berate me for coming to to the ball. They sound like they don't like bears, so that's one strike against them already, honestly. Curio, how are you feeling? Like, what's what's going on in your head? Because <laughs> Curio's been a little quiet, and I'm concerned as to what Curio's opinions are on this plan in general. I think Curio is perhaps a little worried 
about having one bear at a ball, let alone two. <laughs> um, and is thinking about how maybe she could ask Cinderella what the step family is like and then sort of seek them out and distract them and just sort of ply them with various tasty morsels and just make sure that they are not looking at whatever else is happening while the other two deal with the true love situation because she's a bit like oh do I really want to deal with the true love situation I'm just picturing Briar and T deeply engaged in a very reckless but very sweet attempt to play matchmaker we could set make sure that everything is just the right amount of romantic I can make all the flowers bloom it will be beautiful (laughs) The setting will be superb. <laughs> All right, I get the basic plan. I had another question and I forgot it, but continue. I I do have an idea. Curio, you're much better at dealing with talking to people. So if you deal with the step family, then you just need to be able to let us know if there's a problem without letting everyone else at the ball know that there's a problem. And I have just the thing. We've used it before. I'm sure you remember. I have the friend flute. And and Briar rummages in her bag. And this is the only other than her gingerbread and sweets from her sad, cursed home. Back where her sister is dealing with living in a gingerbread house. Uh, she has a flute called a friend flute. And it is a small magic whistle when you blow in it. Only your friends can hear the sound. So she pulls the flute out and reaches it towards Curio to offer it. You can just blow the flute if the step family gives you any trouble. And then T and I can leave Operation Make Sure Cinderella Falls in Love. There's probably a better name for that, but we'll work on it. And come and help. I think that sounds like a very good idea. I'll take the flute and make sure it's in a in a easy to access place in my clothing. The one thing I want to mention, because this is something that y'all have not discussed yet, you three aren't really dressed for a ball. I am in like worn armor leather that just happens to have a flouncy skirt underneath it. But T's just like, yeah, this is socially acceptable. I'm sure of it. T's never been to a ball before. No, Briar is dressed for the forest, very plain tunic, some leggings. She is the opposite of prepared for a ball. Probably the guards at the doors are dressed nicer than she is, so. I mean, they all have sparkling metal armor. Also, though, Briar's not one to notice she's dressed improperly. Probably Curio's the only one who knows just how unprepared for a ball any of us are. (laughs) And Curio's wearing a very fancy silk shirt and very tight trousers, but even though it's sort of on the, on the higher end of quality, it's still not really ball attire. So I will relay to the group. I don't know how you feel about this on a moral spectrum, but we could steal some clothes from other guests. I don't really see if there's any other way that we could blend in. T slowly lifts their hand with the little wand and tiny shoes. <laughs> Just slowly lifting it into view before you. The, the heels 
now replaced onto the fingers again, the wand in the crook of their thumb in their hand. T makes a good point. They could be our fairy godparent as well. And Briar just kind of stands ready. Do I do I have to picture what a ball gown looks like? And and Briar looks around to try to observe any other guests because she doesn't <laughs> want to just copy Cinderella's dress in her mind. But in case she has to hold an image of what she wants a ball gown to look like in her head, she needs to know what ball gowns look like. So she she tries to observe and see if she can see any other guests and thinks, yes, what would what would an amazing dress looks like? I think uh, T just a little nervously is like, yeah, it's probably a good idea if you have an idea of what you want to look like as well. Because I didn't imagine uh, Cinderella as a bear, but I think that's really a judgment on me morally and personally, and I need to work on that. But anyway, uh, just so I don't turn you into bears, think about yourself in just the fanciest outfit. And then pauses. But good for a ball because I think that has to be taken into account it sounds like can I try to be our fairy godparent <laughs> does this wand have any more juice <laughs> Curio are you okay with that plan yeah sounds good to me <laughs> alright uh, go ahead and roll me a d20 t. Let's let's see how this goes ooh that's a 14 so there are three sparks of magic that come out this time, one for each of you. And as it swirls around you, it changes your outfit. I would like you all to describe your own outfits in this case. They can look like anything as long as they are quote-unquote fancy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, T, our fairy godparent, you please go first. Uh, I think T... Does a similar motion to Briar is looking around for some kind of inspiration and ends up in this kind of Billy Porter esque. The uh, the top is very much fitted to like a five eleven nineteen year old. It's it's very very tailored in. But then there's just like this wonderful flounce, and immediately after transforming, T is just spinning in it like this is flouncier than my last one. Oh my gosh, and it's just spinning. <laughs> Alright, Curio, what's your outfit look like now? So it is still trousers, but it's a sort of 18th century style, very fancy brocade coat and cravat and the most ridiculous waistcoat you've ever seen, just incredibly colourful and over the top. And Briar, what's your outfit now? Uh, Briar's, the general shape of her dress looks like... Just one of the random ball guests that may have walked past. She's she's done a pretty good job copying in her head what she thinks a ball gown must look like. And it's somewhere between Cinderella's gown and that gown over there. So it's a, <laughs> a kind of generic flouncy gown. But what she couldn't shake out of her head is her general preference for plant life. So the gown is just very floral. There's... There's a flower crown involved. There's actual live flowers here and there. And it's it's a very, very floral, flouncy gown. It doesn't look at all like something that Briar would ever choose to wear. She normally is just in this dull brown outfit. But she doesn't look displeased. She just kind of 
keeps rubbing some of the petals and says, Oh, I didn't realize you could wear flowers. This is, this is incredible tea. <laughs> you all have these fancy outfits now, quite wondrous, wonderful. Um, and Cinderella looks at you all and says, Oh, you look so wondrous now. It's, it's incredible. Are you ready to go in now? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. The th- four of you now begin to climb up the stairs. There are other guests who are milling in, and you noticed as you reach the top, the guards don't really check invitations or anything. It's almost like they just aren't paying attention, or maybe it was never really described whether they were or not. So the three of you just kind of, the four of you all just enter the palace completely fine, following the milling of guests to this enormous ballroom. There are chairs along the walls, there are people dancing, there's food laid out, and on the far side of this ballroom, you see three chairs. One of them in the center is massive. Seated in it currently is the king of the land, um, an older man, uh, furbolg, pot-bellied, quite a big, big fella. Um, the chairs next to him, however, are both covered by this shimmering curtain. One to his right is the seat of what you would know to be the prince. The one to his left is the one of who you would know to be the princess, just based on the story, based on, like, knowledge of balls, which I know you haven't gone to many, but just, like, general ideas. Both of them are covered with shimmering curtains. Uh, the prince and the princess are twins. Um, this ball, Cinderella does explain to you, is technically their birthday ball. Um, they're both adults now, so they're both 18. Cinderella's also 18. Um, and because this is their birthday ball, this is the day that they are revealed to the rest of the court of the land. Um, sort of introduced as adults. Um, you can see their form seated in their chairs, but they're hidden behind the shimmering curtain. Uh, so you can't see any details, just like the shadow outline of their forms. And yes, you are in this wondrous, beautiful ballroom. As you are walking through, Cinderella looks you all and says, Just keep an eye out for my evil stepmother and evil stepsisters. That's their legal names. Um, They will be wearing <laughs> probably tall collars, all black, with a lot of red. Right. I'm going to keep an eye out for anyone who fits that description, and if I see them, I'll make a beeline towards them. You immediately see them. They're the <laughs> only ones wearing this, those colors in this entire ballroom. Everyone else is very colorful. Everyone else is very over the top. Evil stepmother and evil stepsisters are standing together in a trio of evil, basically. <laughs> Triad of evil, band name called it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Tall collars, black and red, very much, very like the classic fairy tale imposing evil character designs. They're all human. Uh, They seem pretty standard, although all three of them have this sneer on their face as they look at the rest of the guests. And it's clear that the rest of the guests are sort of keeping a like five foot distance around them like not getting close enough to deal with them 
Um, no one's really interacting with them, but because of that distance, they have a clear view of the entire ballroom, because no one's standing in front of them. So yes, you see that. You know that it's 11 o'clock. You have an hour to figure this all out. Probably <laughs> less than, because you spent a little bit of time coming with a plan and changing clothes. <laughs> but that's fine. Curio. Yes. Do you need any help with the the trio of doom over there? They're giving off some very evil vibes. I mean, it's not just a title, is it? It's very... And, and Briar just kind of leans away a little bit from where the step family is they're a little uncomfortable yes it's it even though evil was in the title they're they're even more evil than i expected by looking at them so if if you would like to join me then i would very much appreciate an extra hand because even though i am very skilled in these kind of social situations i feel a little out of my depth so if you could join me that would be great but also I'm wondering where the prince is and if we should also kind of scope him out and see if he's open to the whole Cinderella thing. Well, did we check what Cinderella's preference is? Is she uh is she still with us? And, and Briar like spins in a little bit of a circle to see if Cinderella has gone off to enjoy herself yet. Cinderella is at a nearby appetizer table just not even using a plate, just eating. Right. Just munching away. Um, she seems quite hungry. <laughs> T kind of just shrugs. I mean, I guess I'm in the age bracket, so it wouldn't be weird if I hung out with Cinderella and we both just yeah mingled, said hi. Like, that's okay, right? Yeah, may and maybe try to find out, does Cinderella have a type? That would she like a a prince or a a princess or maybe one of the f faceless additional ball goers? People have types. I mean, I I've heard as much. I've never been one myself for people. Apart from family, I consider you family now too. And, and Briar gives a little reassuring thumbs up to her party members <laughs> i like to think that the thumbs up is something they've taught you to be like you're kind of imposing sometimes and you're like this is how i reassure thumbs up uncomfortable smile yes. <laughs> t looks just still perplexed but is like well i mean the fairy tales say you're supposed to but like whatever i guess i guess some people are into people um okay i can do that and T just trots on off with a little bit of a bounce in their step because boy howdy is the flounder that skirt just really working for them. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little worried about T, but they've got it. Uh, Curio, I will, I will follow your lead here. Okay, I will start making my way over to the, the step family and see if I can talk to them. Before you go to the step family, before we continue on, I want to award uh, two adventure points to everyone for getting into the ball and getting through like the beginning part of the game. Mm -hmm. Yes. Let's start with the evil step family. Curio and Briar, you head over to the trio of evil um, and the three of them almost like they share the same mind 
turn to look at the three of you, uh, the two of you as you're approaching, at the same exact time, with the same exact glare. (laughs) And they're just staring at you as you approach. I'm gonna rush up to them and say, Oh my goodness, I love your outfits. They're absolutely incredible. Can you tell me who designed them? Where did you get them? Who made them? Because I want one exactly like that. The stepmother, who you can tell is a stepmother, she's a little older, a um, little taller than her two girls, looks at you and says, It's an original by me. I made it. There's none like it in the realm. Haven't you seen all these ugly people with their bright colors? Ugh. Briar just kind of shrinks a little bit behind Curio in her bright floral dress. <laughs> yes, uh, colors, they're, they're a problem. And Curio is also sort of very colorful in her outfit as well but she's gonna just kind of stare it out and just kind of keep glaring at them and just like well yes of course um i can see that your outfits are quite superior to the more colorful uh occupants of this ball um and i i do wonder if you know any juicy gossip about other other ball goers that you could you could reveal to us because that's one of my my little pleasures in life is finding out juicy gossip. So, roll me a d20 on that, because the step family doesn't really like people in general. That's a 13. So that's a success. One of the stepdaughters steps up, walks forward, because I said step way too many times in that sentence, <laughs> uh, and she says, well... There are many families here, all over the place, but the big talk are the prince and the princess. You see, they're of age now, so it is expected for them to be introduced to the court and also, perhaps, become betrothed sometime soon. I know they're quite young, but normally the engagement process lasts lasts a few years, And then the marriage happens, but most people who are here are hoping to catch the eye of one of the two. That is very interesting information. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Do you know if either of them have any preferences, any, um, any particular person that they might want to have a dance with, anything like that? The other stepsister steps forward walks forwards because I did the same exact thing that I did before <laughs> um, and says oh well one thing's for sure and she looks at her sibling and her mother in the eyes and says neither of them would want a bear <laughs> and all three of them laugh in trio uh, their voices echoing with each other and she looks back and says from what I've heard, both of them will pick the prettiest people in the prettiest gowns or suits, whatever they prefer, and dance with them. I've heard that they will choose one partner to dance with for the night, and perhaps that will pique someone's interest. But it is unclear as to what their preferences are. They've never really been revealed to the public until now. Mm, this is very interesting to hear. What do you think about this, Briar? Briar is biting her tongue, quite literally, because she almost said something when 
when the stepsister mentioned how they obviously don't like bears, and those laughs were quite unnerving. Uh, and and Briar is just like, mm, <clears throat> yes, uh, style matters, and I'm the prettiest outfit. What? Uh, mm, and she stutters over her words and just kind of tries very visibly hard not to look over her shoulder at the bear in a dress that that was at the <laughs> banquet table. Uh, she doesn't want to draw attention. Uh, <clears throat> yes. Yeah, the, the 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 prince and the princess definitely will have good taste and uh are are they also furbolgs though did are did we is the king their their father they the stepmother looks at you and says yes he's their father right i'm just and, and and Briar clearly looks puzzled, and she leans over to Curio and says, "Aren't aren't bears just as much like furbolgs as humans? Like there's some there's some crossover there, isn't? Am I am I missing something, Curio? In in the polite niceties department, I think humanoid is generally the the sort of standard for occasions such as these." This, is this going to be a problem, do you think? I mean, I think obviously it's... it's a problem for a bear. And Briar gives a very obvious <laughs> wink at the step family. <laughs> uh, they all do their classic laugh. <laughs> I think um, I will sort of turn to the step family and say, well, thank you very much for your time. It was a great pleasure to meet you. I think we shall leave you to enjoy the ball and let you get on with your evening. We are going to cut over to T uh, a little bit back in time as you approach Cinderella, who is at the banquet table, kind of munching and eating. She doesn't seem to notice you approach. She seems very busy eating. T without batting an eye because I'm almost certain that Briar has eaten food in bear form as well at some point during their adventures. Just doesn't even phase them at this point. Just kind of comes up to Cinderella, kind of picks at some of the food, looks around, back at Cinderella. So people, right? I hear people got some interest in people. Do you have... You, people? You Do you like people? Are you about people? Because, like... I like people, but I don't like I don't like 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 people. So I'm just I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm losing it at that. Okay. <laughs> T has zero experience in this. Like T is just like, what is the question of any of this? Because T <laughs> is just like I don't I don't get this experience. It's weird to me. <laughs> so. <laughs> Cinderella stops eating and looks at you and kind of pats at her maw, getting rid of any food that's on there. And she says, sorry, I I didn't have a chance to have lunch or breakfast today or dinner. So because I was doing all the errands at home and I was very hungry. Um, People, uh, people are okay. I will say that my father is pretty good. My mother was amazing. Uh, my stepfamily is evil. Um, but in general, I like people. I think that people can be very good if they choose to be so. I think that they're 
is a lot of kindness in the world, despite the cruelties that I have faced. I do, if, if I was to choose a people to be with, they would have to accept me for me. Uh, not just the human me, but also the fact that I am cursed. And if they break that curse, that's great. If they don't, that's okay too. Um, but they have to be okay with me as who I am. T is clutching their heart like, oh, that's a good answer. T doesn't get romance of any kind, but just the big swell of emotionality is just like, that's so up their alley. Oh, yeah, that's some good vibes right there. I feel that. Well, I mean, this is supposed to be the first time people are seeing the royal family, right? Like the prince and princess, so... Mm-hmm. I guess, uh... How do we get their attention? I'm unsure. I mean, I do have my wonderful wig, I do have my beautiful dress, but there are so many other people here who are dressed so beautifully as well. And you look around through the faceless crowd, as Briar had pointed out before, and they are dressed beautifully. Some of them do have great wigs. Cinderella doesn't really stand out besides the fact that she is a bear. Um, although no one here has commented on the fact that Cinderella is a bear yet. Hmm. There hasn't been a single person who has mentioned this. There has not been a single person who has, like, looked in fear towards Cinderella. Everyone's just kind of like, okay, they're a bear. Mm. So what? Or maybe they don't realize that she's a bear. You're unsure. Okay. I think T's gonna ponder on what they could do, because as far as T's concerned... The prince and princess are sitting up the front in their chairs and kind of supposes that there is meant to be some kind of selection here. Uh, can't remember how the story goes and is like, there's got to be dancing involved or something, like something romantic. That's what that's what all the people do when they fall in love. They dance or something, right? Um, T is going to look at the ballroom and surveying the land is there like people dance or is it mostly like a social uh event where people are just like talking there is plenty of room for dancing right now there's currently like a band playing softly in the background but no one's actually dancing it feels like the moments before the actual event starts mm. this seems like the moments when people are all let in where they have time to sort of see each other talk to each other before the actual event starts. Alright, um... Hmm. <laughs> do you, do you want to make the first impression? I mean, we, I, I could. How, how would I do that? Do you care to dance? And T holds out their hand. Oh, uh, okay, sure, I'll, I'll dance. Um, and they place their hand on yours, their big paw <laughs> on yours. Um... Cinderella is quite tall as a grizzly bear. Yes. <laughs> uh, quite, quite tall, especially on her hind legs. She, and with heels. And Don't heels. forget the heels. But yes, she places a paw on your hand to dance with you. T doesn't know how to dance. <laughs> T only poses and that is it. T does not know how to dance. <laughs> okay. So what's your plan here? Are you just pulling Cinderella to the middle of the the dance floor and just kind of like waiting and seeing what happens. <laughs> so I think T is vaguely aware of in stories, you know, you just go 
and you dance and T's like aware of dancing like has definitely been to uh social gatherings where that's been a thing but nothing on like a formal ball scale and so it's just kind of like vaguely moving the limbs are going there's a little bit of voguing that's all they know how to do and just kind of like looking at cinderella like yeah but this is gonna get the attention of the people for sure because mm-hmm and it's probably not good attention, but boy, howdy, is it attention. So are you just doing, like, the usual, like, cis man dance of, like, just kind of shimmying <laughs> a little bit in place? Maybe doing an occasional sidestep? <laughs> There's certainly sidesteps. There's the occasional, if feeling bold, spin for the skirt, of course. And some vague sort of, like, soft vogue, like putting the hands up near the face, doing the whole like box shapes and just being like, yeah, this is, this is dancing. I've heard about this before. I need you to roll me a d20 and I'm going to roll a d20 for Cinderella to see how this goes. Oh, T got an 18. So <laughs> T is compelling. T's small movements is compelling. Uh, <laughs> Cinderella did not roll that high. In fact, Cinderella rolled kind of poorly. As you begin to dance with Cinderella, she's kind of stomping around in her heavy heels. Um, she seems a little unbalanced, unused to dancing, honestly. And as you were dancing, however, the crowd sort of gets a little quiet. <laughs> this At this point, it's towards the end of conversation with... Uh, curio and briar and you sort of notice the crowd get quiet and you turn to look on the dance floor and you see t kind of just like shimmying twisting back and forth like voguing <laughs> sorry soft voguing soft it's a ball after all can't go hard on this one just yet and you see cinderella kind of just like stepping back and forth not really sure what to do here and as this is happening, you begin to notice a, like, spotlight appears, and it's only on T. No! It is not capturing Cinderella. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh, no, Curio. Oh, no. <laughs> what, what do we do? I could just go and give a little shove and make sure Cinderella's in the spotlight instead. <laughs> right, shove Cinderella into the spotlight. Uh, I'll run interference over here, and Briar does a a quick room check for plant life. Are there any floral arrangements or potted plants? There are floral arrangements and potted plants. There, on most of the banquet tables, there is some sort of floral arrangement. Uh, there are potted plants pretty frequently throughout the room. Um, very, like, symmetrical placement of them. Um... Yeah, there's plenty of plant life here. Briar's going to eye the the potted plants that are closest to the step family that might kind of be between them and the dance floor. And she's going to go over and lean in close to a plant. And she is going to use her command nature ability. And she's going to, to uh, ask this plant for a small favor. And she has to do that in the form of a rhyming couplet. So she says, Lovely plant, trapped in a pot. Please, please, I'm in 
a tight spot. And she just wishes really hard that this plant would just grow just enough that it would block the view a little bit to make it hard to see the dance floor. Okay. So the plant grows a little bigger, a little bigger. Its leaves become a little more over the top. And it begins to block the dance floor from the step-siblings. And because they are the way they are, they just kind of stand there and don't really move. Like, they complain about what's happening, but they don't move to fix the problem. (laughs) Despite the fact that it would take, like, three steps to the right to fix it, they just kind of complain. So, uh, they're also calling for gardeners, but... It's the middle of the ball. No one's coming with shears. <laughs> Briar tries to blend in and is like, oh, yes, we clearly need uh, post-haste gar- gardening over here. And she just kind of spreads her dress out to block the view even more, as though she's trying to help get the attention of the the, the local gardener. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Curio, you have run across the room to try and push Cinderella into the spotlight. Are you literally pushing Cinderella into the spotlight? Yes, I think Curio is very literal-minded and is just thinking, right, there's a problem, we need Cinderella to be noticed so that the prince and princess can can see what's going on, so I'm just gonna give her a, a little gentle shove and see how it goes. Okay, roll me a d20. That's a 10. This is a tough choice. You push Cinderella into the spotlight. You will either push T out of the spotlight or pull yourself into the spotlight as well. I think Kyrie is a bit of an attention seeker and enjoys being in the spotlight, so... Kyria is just going to start vibing along with T and Cinderella and just be like, yes, buddy, dude. The three of you are now in the spotlight gathering attention. Um, I'm going to roll once more for Cinderella to see how she's doing. Uh, that was a 19, so she's doing much better She now. needed the power of friendship. Yeah, she needed her whole squad besides Briar with her, because Briar's busy running interference. You all start dancing in this spotlight, and some other people are very, most of the people in the crowd are very intrigued and interested by this, by the fact that you're all just dancing in the middle before you're supposed to be dancing. There are some people whispering, some people are, like, clapping and chatting and, like, seem very happy about it. But you do notice that the two silhouettes of the prince and the princess have sort of leaned forward and they're behind their shimmering curtains. And as this happens, it goes on for a few minutes, but the king stands up and claps his hands twice. And the spotlight goes out and the music dies down a bit. And the king stands up, and I'm not going to go through an entire announcement by a king, because I don't really care about it, it's not that (laughs) important. He basically blathers on about politics and important things, and how proud he is to have his two children here to be introduced to the court, etc, 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 all that kind of stuff. And then he waves his hands to the two curtains, and the spotlight goes on both of them. 
and the curtains are slowly drawn apart. And stepping out from the two curtains, from the right hand is the prince, a furbolg wearing this blue suit with a large cravat, a sort of rapier-like sword on his side. He has this gray-colored fur that's very thick, cow-like ears and a cow-like nose, very cute. Um, And he seems to sort of hold himself very high. And then to the left of the king is where the princess sits. And she steps out uh, in a similar sort of outfit to her brother, except it is this... It's also very similar to the outfit that uh, T wears, and the fact that the top half of the outfit is a vest, and the bottom half is a large ball gown. She wears these two long opera-length gloves that go up to her elbows, and she's also a fur bulk, this time with brown fur. Um, And you also notice that on her neck, like around her neck, she wears this amulet, which is glowing green right now, and it's very beautiful and very pretty. Um, And she kind of steps forward. You notice that she's a little taller than her brother, um, and they both sort of step forward and bow. Um, You do notice that when these prince and princess are announced, they aren't really given names. There's no name for them. It's just the prince, the princess, the king. Most likely something to do with the storybook in this case. Um... But yes, those two sort of step onto the dance floor. Um, the pr- the king basically announced that they'll be selecting partners to dance with in a few minutes. And T, since you've been keeping track of the time, you know you have about 15 minutes oh. before midnight. Which means that they said someone needs to dance and someone needs to be kissed real soon. <laughs> um, you are running out of time. Mm. And yes, they sort of begin to go around the ballroom, the two of them. Oh, by the way, the stepsisters and stepfamily are still standing behind the bush, except now they're complaining about the fact that they can't see the king or the prince or the princess. They're not moving still. Nice. Okay. <laughs> um, I think T looks to Curio and considers them very much like a bit more of an authority on this. And it's just like... Still mid-soft voguing, like, Curio, how do we get the attention of people? I've never had to do this before. Was this right? Did I do it right? I think you did a really, really good job. And I think we need to possibly just go and talk to them. I think that's probably the simplest way to do it. And if that doesn't work, we can try something else. Yeah, okay, yeah. Cinderella, do you feel like you could talk to them? Like, is that cool? Yeah? I mean, yeah, I could, I can talk. Um, I'm quite a good talker. You're still dancing. There's not much music playing right now, but that's okay. It's all anxiety, man. I've never danced in front of a crowd before like this. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, yes, we could talk with them. Um, and as Cinderella says that, uh, you hear footsteps approaching, and standing in front of you three is the prince. Who looks at the three of you and says, Hello, all. I had noticed your dance earlier. I was hoping to speak with you, perhaps. And he's looking directly at T. Oh, God. (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh. 
Oh boy. Um, T desperately looks to Curio and then just, yeah. I mean, you guys wanted to catch up with the princess, right? I can just talk to the prince. Sure, yeah. And and just looks so uncertain, but it's kind of like, hey, maybe. I don't know. T is panicking. <laughs> uh, the prince kind of steps forward. He's not inviting you to dance, but he's inviting you to sort of talk with him for a bit. Um, and he pulls you away from the other two for a moment. Oh, God. <laughs> Curio, you've witnessed this just happen. Uh, Briar, you've also witnessed this just happen. Um, so that's one. that's one royal who seems distracted from cinderella um the princess seems to be not as forward as her brother she's sort of walking around the edges of the room uh you notice that it often seems like people are approaching her rather than her approaching anyone she seems quite nervous versus how the prince seemed the prince seemed very confident and assured of himself not in a cocky way but in a like I know who I am kind of thing. She seems very nervous about this entire event. And you notice that when people are going up to her, she more or less dismisses them pretty quickly. Um, she doesn't seem to want to talk to anyone. Before we continue with you two, I want to see what happens with T and the prince. <laughs> so the prince kind of guides you further on into the ballroom. And says, so I had noticed you dancing earlier. You are quite a good dancer. Thanks. Uh, it's my first time. That was your first time dancing. Im impressive. Um, do you come from far? T takes a long pause before just very slowly raising their hand and just... Yes. I'm gonna go with yeah. Pretty far. Ah, okay. Uh, um, sorry, we've, we've had lots of training on how to talk to people, but experience not so much. Um, so, what is your kingdom like? Oh, um, really different, you know? Uh, we don't do these big events for coming of age. We're kind of a, you know, uh... Not that. So, uh, this is very new. Your kingdom is very pretty and very cool. Um, I'm sorry, I need to be up front here. Like, uh, we're just chatting, right? Because, like, if you want to be, if you want to be friends, I'm down for that. But, like, I, I can show you how I dance. I can do that. But, um, I just, ah, uh, this makes me a little uncomfortable. Oh, thank goodness. You don't want to date either oh my god oh goodness. my god <laughs> oh this is we're of royal blood so it is expected for us to date and have romances but i'm not really a romance type of person i much prefer books and nature and not dealing with people and also, I don't really feel that way about people, and it's just, it's a lot. Right? 
the number of cues, it's so hard to navigate because it's like, I'm just hanging out with you because I like you as a person, not like because I like like you. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but like, I, I don't. And then you get weird about like, oh no, are they going to be upset that I don't like like them because they were excited at the idea? It's so stressful. It's stressful and like, I don't know, I don't really like like anyone like in that way, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just not a thing. And like I know I haven't I haven't been introduced to the public before, but kings and queens meet other kings and queens and introduce their children, and there are so many other princesses and princes and princesses who just think that like oh because we're talking we're going to be married and that's not how I don't feel that way about anyone and it's just oh my goodness it's a lot. I just figured I'd talk to the first person who was who 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 caught attention to themselves and maybe that would please my dad but oh my goodness this has been a great weight off my chest <laughs> t also looks like visibly like so much more relaxed and like that that <laughs> attempt at like so so proper societal like everything just like postures relaxed totally chilled out just like shooting the breeze with this guy like oh yeah yeah we can chat now <laughs> oh bless <Yeah>. and he <laughs> just like holds up a hand for a high five yeah. <laughs> high fives him. all right <laughs> so briar and curio uh you watch as t walks off with the prince a little bit and you can see the princess you can see cinderella um, Cinderella looks kind of sad at the fact that the prince just, like, didn't pay attention to her. She says, oh, I guess my dancing wasn't good enough then. Um, I will have to dance better. Soft voguing. <laughs> sad, soft voguing. Who's this big old grizzly bear doing a soft vogue? <laughs> I'm sure there's someone at this ball who likes your dancing just as it is. I'm sure that we can find someone who who will dance with you whatever your dancing is like. She says, oh, I don't know. I mean, you all dance with me, but that's because you're my fairy godparents. And now my fairy godparent is walking off with the prince. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the princess is over there, so we could go and see if the princess is up for a chat, a little natter. We could... How do you feel about that? <sighs> okay, sure, that's fine. Uh, Briar, are you doing anything? Briar has given the potted plant a reassuring pat, and under the pretense of, oh, I'm definitely helping get this out of your way, she's arranged it so it's even more in the way of the step family. <laughs> and then she... She she watches and just kind of vaguely notices that, oh, it looks like T and the prince are getting along awfully well. That's that's good for them. Uh, she she trusts T. T has this. It's fine. And she, you see the high five. Yeah, and she's like, oh, oh, okay. So she she turns her attention to the princess, and she knows what it's like to to not really want to talk to people, and she thinks, oh. Maybe the princess just needs someone to introduce her to Cinderella, and oh, Briar can do that. Briar's great at introductions. So she decides she's going to approach the princess, and she gives Curio a thumbs up, 
because this is what she's been taught to do to to let them know that this is this is all great. She, so he gives this thumbs up to Curio and beelines across the ballroom for the princess. I'm gonna say that you get there first before uh, Curio and Cinderella, and you approach the princess. You can see that there is quite a lot of people approaching her, talking to her, and she just kind of gives them a nod and kind of waves them away. Um, she doesn't seem to be enjoying this at all, and the more you look at the situation, the more you notice she's more or less cornered by all these people who keep coming to talk to her. It's like a wall of people who are coming to talk to her, and she can't escape it, and she doesn't look happy or comfortable here. Briar just kind of shoves her way through the faceless guests around the princess, and kind of notes that they're they're a little hemmed in and 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 sidles up to the princess and says oh my it's it's hard being inside it's it's a little bit close in here isn't it i wish we were in a garden honestly she like kind of pauses looks at the rest of the guests and looks at you and says well, we do have lovely gardens here. Uh, it's it's just right through there. And she points to this, like, open double door that's open. You can see this beautiful garden out there. Uh, but I, I, I would normally like to go to the garden and spend my time there. Uh, we have a lovely fountain out there that's absolutely gorgeous. I appreciate the invitation, and Briar does her patent. I'm going to to just take the hand of the person I'm with, and we're we are going for it. And she she tries to just br- encourage the princess to go into the garden with her. Roll me a d twenty. That's a five. So that is a straight up failure. Uh, it doesn't work, and I give you a minor consequence. You go to pull the princess out of this crowd and it's not the princess who causes this to fail it's the crowd around you who have just created this wall of like people and force that is preventing you from getting past and as you try to pull past you see that the princess kind of pulls back not in like fear of you but fear of the crowd um, and just, like, the uncomfortability of the fact that everyone's in her space. Oh, ah, uh, oh, my. And and Briar just kind of looks around for Curio, because Curio always helps her with crowd control. Uh, ah, uh, that's Cur- Curio, she, she calls out. <laughs> All right, Curio, you hear Briar calling out to you. I'm just gonna act as if I'm a kind of a court official and i i know exactly what i'm doing and i'm just i'm just doing my job and is going to say excuse me excuse me the princess has some very important business to attend to and i need to take her into the garden alone if that's all right with you is there any ability that you're using here is this i'm kind of going into the persona ability um so i can create the persona of like an officer um and sort of give mundane orders to people that i outrank So go ahead and spend your adventure points. And you step forward, standing up a little taller, maybe having adjusted your outfit to have some sort of sigil that you've noticed on, like, other guards around here. 
and you give that announcement and like an ocean splitting apart the crowd just splits right down the middle giving a clear path for briar and the princess to walk down briar and the princess leave out into the garden t you do notice this uh your conversation with the prince has sort of just been like casual like talking about the world talking about like things that you enjoy like music that kind of things yeah. um very much just like hang out chill talk nothing like politics or anything this is just like chill we're friends talk um and you do notice that the princess and briar have escaped into the garden um t is going to just notice this and then look back to the prince and kind of keeping that conversational tone hey like you know i'm not gonna judge so like is your sister uh similar to you or is she just like really nervous at these things she seems to be really crowded over there roll me a d20 oh that's a 20 (laughs) okay fantastic the prince kind of lean, looks at you and like leans in a little bit and says, My sister has had to work twice as hard as I have to fit in. Um, she likes people, she likes seeing them, but she doesn't really fit in in certain ways. I, I shouldn't be telling you this, but I feel like I can trust you in this situation. She was cursed when she was young. (laughs) T tries to not look happy to hear that news and then kind of pulls it in and just, I'm sorry, I'm kind of smiling because I have a friend in the same situation. How weird is that? Wow, small world. That is very weird. Um, the, The amulet that she wears helps hide the curse from from other people to prevent them from seeing it at least wow um wow that's a lot of social pressure actually like wow um there's a lot of expectations for a princess and a prince unfortunately i mean this whole bowl right am i right he does the same sort of like shrug. <laughs> just the shrug hands up what are you gonna do <laughs> um <laughs> I think T is going to just politely excuse themselves and uh, kind of very much is like, I'm super down to chat very soon, but I have to check in on my friends. So I'll be right back and is going to duck off to try to find Cinderella and the group and get them all together. (laughs) The princess and Briar are in the gardens. Curio, I'm assuming that you're gathering Cinderella and taking her into the gardens as well. Yes, I think that's my general plan. But if I see that T is kind of breaking off, I will sort of maneuver myself and Cinderella to intersect with T on our way to the garden. Yes, so the three of you will enter the gardens together while Briar enters the garden with the princess. The princess leads you into the garden and brings you to this fountain. It's not a normal fountain. Fountains are normally made of stone, that kind of thing. This almost seems to be made out of not only plants, but also, like, light itself. There are certain areas of this tiered fountain that look like they're just glowing light. Um, At the very top, there is this beautiful woman holding a sword to the sky. 
and it's not a violent pose it is not an angry pose it seems to be one of like liberation freedom that sort of like fighting for what you believe in at the very top and she is made of this prismatic iridescent colors and it just changes with the way that the colors here change and the water fires all around her creating almost this flower-like petals that have opened around her making her the centerpiece of this entire fountain made of plants water and light um and she looks up and she says yes this is this is the fountain well this is loads better than inside my goodness and briar is just so impressed with this garden space and this fountain that she's almost forgotten how tight their timeline is because this <laughs> like if if honestly if the writing wraith had turned her and her sister blossom's house into something like this instead of gingerbread she might not have complained this is incredible <laughs> and as you say that the princess kind of just walks around and sort of sways slightly. And that's when Curio, T, and Cinderella arrive. Um, and the princess kind of looks up and says, Oh, um, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't realize there were other people who were going to be here. Oh, don't worry. These are very chill people. They're, they're great uh, princess, this is Curio and T, and most importantly, this beautiful bear is Cinderella. Wait, bear? She looks at Cinderella, and Cinderella like gets wide eyes and says, "I'm unsure what she means. I'm definitely not a bear." Oh, was I not supposed to say that? And Briar <laughs> leans into Curio like, "Oh no, <laughs> Curio will know." <laughs> And as this scene kind of happens, as you kind of pull away and talk to Curio, Curio, what do you say in response to Briar? I think we probably have done everything we can at this point, and we should just let them do their thing and get to know each other a bit better. Um, so maybe we should just take a little step back and enjoy the garden. Right, right, uh, right. And, and Briar steps back away from the beautiful fountain. Uh, and just because she knows this always sets the mood for her, she always feels better. She's just going to encourage the flowers to be extra fragrant with a little couplet. So she says, flowers, I love you so much. Release your aroma with my touch. And she just kind of pokes the blossoms that she passes so that little bursts of fragrance come out as she goes. And it smells beautiful. Uh, the lights here are beautiful from the fountain. It smells gorgeous. Um, do any of you play an instrument or anything? I play the ukulele. Oh. I mean, I mean in-game, in but... <laughs> okay, okay, just making sure. Just making sure you weren't gonna, like, whip out your ukulele. Um... Does Curio want to play some music here for this scene? Yeah, sure. So this scene kind of happens. You all sort of step over to the side, moving away from the fountain, kind of standing on the side, kind of like 
three heads peeking out from a bush <laughs> to look at the scene as Curio's playing soft ukulele from inside the bush. Um, and what you see is that the princess approaches Cinderella and says, Are, are you a bear? And Cinderella says, No, I'm not a bear. And the princess says, Well, I think it would be fine if you were. Cinderella looks with like wide eyes and then reaches up and takes off the wig and puts it down. And the princess says, You are a bear. (laughs) (laughs) And the princess looks at Cinderella and pulls off her glowing amulet and that green glow from the amulet dies down and you watch as her form changes and she is in fact a polar bear um with this white fur and everything and she looks at cinderella and says i'm also a bear and cinderella kind of like freezes up and doesn't know what to do and the princess holds out a paw and says would you like to dance with me as the music continues to play cinderella puts her paw in the princess's paw and the two of them begin to dance it is short it is soft it is not complex over the top dance it's kind of just like moving back and forth and talking to each other very quietly and as the music that curio is playing begins to come to an end you hear the sound of the clock striking midnight and the two of them look up for a second to the clock tower look back at each other and they both lean in and kiss each other and as that happens the scene begins to change these flower petals on the fountain sort of not detach but it's almost like ghostly light forms of them begin to appear and swirl around the two of them creating this cascading beautiful sight of these beautiful flowers with light all around them rainbow of color on their faces on their fur as they hold each other gently and then there's a flash and when the flash clears there are two people standing in front of you well two bears standing in front of you because they have chosen true love's form as that happens the prismatic walls around you begin to fade and shimmer and cinderella and the princess look towards the three of you and smile their biggest bear smile Tea is bawling. Tea, tea is like, there are tears. Tea is like, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> and the scene begins to slowly dissolve around you. 
and the three of you feel wind picking up underneath you as the same rainbow tornado that threw you into this book is now launching you out of it. And you three are thrown with an impressive force out of this book. And in the normal plane, in the lair of the writing wraith, as they are holding this book, we watch this tornado appear, the three of you get launched into the air, and then land onto the riding wraith, <laughs> finally capturing your enemy. And I want to do one little thing with you all. There's something I like to do when we do one-shots. I want to know where your characters go in the future. You know that this story has been solved. In fact, going through the storybook, it has been changed. Because you three are now characters in this specific storybook. <laughs> it's not just the story of Cinderella, it's your story too. And the story of the prince, and the story of the king. It has been changed. You have caught the writing wraith, who has terrorized your towns, terrorized your people. What do the three of you do in the future? T started adventuring because the writing wraith became such a problem and they realized they could do something to help. So I think with this kind of big win under their belt, T would kind of, with no obligation required, but would also kind of look up to these two figures who are very much more skilled at adventuring than they are and just do the whole shy like, well, I mean, if you wanted to... Maybe travel around some more, help some more people. I could really, you know, you guys have got me out of a lot of scrapes, um, and I'd appreciate if we could keep hanging out. I like you guys. Maybe? I mean, uh, I, I agree, T. I think we should definitely stick together. I do think, first things first, now we've handled this writing wraith, it's about time that if... If you're up for it too, Curio, I'd love to introduce you both to my sister, Blossom. She's quite the baker, and <laughs> she makes things that are much better than that awful gingerbread, and I would very much enjoy uh, having a nice tea and some cakes and, and introducing you to Blossom and just uh, going home to my forest for, for just a little bit. That sounds absolutely delightful. I will eat anything and everything that your sister bakes. That sounds absolutely amazing. And also, on every single tavern that we pass on the way to get to the forest, I'm going to just be telling the story of how we tricked and captured the writing wraith and how I was the most important person and I did everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just and gonna... you have the storybook. <laughs> yeah. To show everybody. Yeah, I'm just going to be like, I am amazing. I am a celebrity. Bow down to me. I'm wonderful. <laughs> the three of you tell your story across the nation of Roland as you all begin to travel to head to Blossom's house. And we fast forward a little bit and we find you all in a gingerbread house. Unfortunately, Riding Wraith's magic didn't seem to disappear. It's still there, but there's no more chaos being caused. And as you all sit there and enjoy some baked treats, the camera zooms in slightly, pans in towards the scene, 
and goes directly into T's bag. As we see, sitting in your bag are two glass slippers and a blue star wand. (laughs) And that's where we end our story. The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is composed by Benny James. Our graphic art and logo are by Matthias Grelly. You can support International Podcast Month by sharing and talking about the event, and you can even buy our team members a coffee. Links are in the show notes. Follow us at PodMonth on Twitter and use the hashtag PodMonth2020. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and for more information about the event. International Podcast Month, celebrating creators, sharing listeners.